This episode of the Boz and Bovril podcast was originally broadcast on the Celtic Rumours TV YouTube channel. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to episode 17 of Celtic Rumors TV, the Balls and Bobble podcast with your host Mark. And myself, Paul. On today's show, we will be joined by Barry. We will take a take a look at the latest transfer and gossip around Celtic. Today's show will be mostly based on the live chat, where we will answer your questions and any topics you would like us to discuss on the show. So first, we'll hang hang off to Mark there to do our weekly shout outs. Mark, off to you, what? Well, thanks, Paul. Thanks again for helping me, Paul. Uh, just the usual shout outs. Dimaloy, ROH and Young Ben. Uh, some good news that Mal's, Malik is getting home to see his family again soon. So that's that's a good thing for him. And a very happy birthday. Yeah, very on Vistato. Buzzbomb's wife today. He's missing out in the stream tonight because he's out, out living the high life of getting. So how's it going? There is a Glasgow greeting. Evening AGG. How's it going, bud? David Gallagher. Bobby, 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 and as well. I think uh, Boz has got the old ball and chain him tonight, so that's why he's missing the show. I think. <laughs> Can you imagine the conversations? Can you really imagine <laughs> conversations he has with his matches? Speaking <laughs> onto his phone to watch the podcast. <laughs> she's maybe she's maybe forty the days like that. that's. So many birthdays I've spent with you, and this is so many birthday kids I've got you to the 19 years we've been together. <laughs> wow. So, it just rumours then, Paul. Yep. So, again, it's being reported that Eddie Howe has agreed to join Celtic, and he is in the process of appointing his backroom team. Celtic scouts were again keeping tabs on St. Johnston's St. Johnston player Ali McCann, Inter manager John Kenny has also stated that Celtic have been keeping tracks on the player for a while now. John Kenny and Gordon Strachan, or Gavin Strachan are sweating over their futures at Celtic as it's being reported they have been told that the next manager will be decide if they'll be involved in his backroom team. And also free agent Nicky Powell is leaving Stoke City at the end of the season. Are Celtic going to be rumoured in, in this player as we were linked in previous windows. So that's basically the rumours as there's not much coming out of Celtic at the moment, but as days go by, we, we hope that there'll be an appointment on Eddie Howe, hopefully, and that we can start to rebuild. It's really starting to look as if it's going to be how, Paul. I think so. I, I don't think they're kind of rumours anymore, Mark. I think it's kind of, it's packing a done deal, isn't it? Well, you know? All these supposed in the nose things on Twitter and that saying it, but even some of the English press team you have picked up on it. I read an article, I think it was I think it was the Daily Mail or something like that, and 
Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, you'll have journalists that are in that are friendly with Eddie Howe kind of thing. You'll know what's going on down there. Is he the best candidate, Mark? Do you think that's out there at the moment? Oh, see, I'm not, I don't know, Paul, man. I've said it before. I'm not mm-hmm. 100% convinced. Uh, it's a big, big job for him. It's a big step up for Bournemouth to Celtic. It's a big, oh, not just in football, the actual lifestyle living in Glasgow. Mm-hmm. I mean, his family will be treated with one half of the city and treated different with the other half. It's a big... But the football mm-hmm. side, the people that know a lot more than me about football seem to think that he's got what it takes. Uh, I'm, I'm, Maybe it's the job he wants, Mark. That's not, It's a chance for him. You know, he's basically, he's going to be starting from scratch at Celtic because... It was like a pro... A pro that's what the, one of the buzzwords in the winter. It was a project that he was looking for. Yeah. Well, Celtic, could, I suppose you could put that down as a project. It's rebuilding the full... He's been part of a team that's rebuilding the full club, one of the biggest clubs in the world. Mm-hmm. Get down... I mean, it was never going to happen. They were talking about him going to Spurs as manager. That was never going to... That was never realistic, but... It's the same whole story in that Premier League. Did, for me, any manager in that Premier League is like six games away for the sack. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm taught at that kind of level. There's no, no longevity when the appoint managers doing there. It's just we appoint him. If it doesn't work out after, I'm saying six games, but see after a year at the most. I mean, even Lampard at Chelsea. You know, what I mean, sacked. Exactly. If you're a manager, you're, you're well paid now. Nah, it's big fancy league and that, but it's a bit of a, what would you call it, a bit of I'm not an abattoir, but you know what I mean, a bit cutthroat. It's just, you're never, there, is there any long-term plan in England that Eddie Howe could say, in two or three years' time, I'll still be managing that team? In fact, there's no, no, the minute, the minute you're, the minute the results don't go your way down there, you're, you're straight away, you're, you're under pressure in the Premier League, aren't you? It's more, it's more their safety than, than your job is, is their main concern, isn't it? With the chairmans down there, isn't it? It's the big money that they're, that they're worried about, Mark, isn't this? You know? I've been noticed, well, Spurs, they're looking to get into Champions League and things like that, but at the lower end of the table, I mean, as if for any hint of relegation, they're changing their manager because they need to do something because they just can't afford to drop it in that league. Exactly. exactly. So we're going to get Barry on the line there now, lads, and um, first we'll have a, a brief chat about last night's match. What's your thoughts on last night's match, lads? Uh, were you happy with the performance or was it a little bit too late from the Celtic team? Uh, were you impressed with Montgomery's performance and Kiko Dembello's uh, goal for Celtic? So, Barry there? Just calling him up in Paul. I mean, it was a good performance last night, but it was a meaningless game, wasn't it? It was just... I think I said that too, Mark, about the, the Livingston game, that the pressure's off them. You know, they can just play, play kind of with a bit of freedom, no, isn't this? Yeah. You know, it was more about Scott Long last night than than, than, than anything really, Mark, wasn't it, you know? Oh, Brown Show. You there, Barry? Yeah, here, guys. Hi. But thanks for joining us again, Barry. Welcome aboard, bud. No worries at all. Welcome again, Barry. Uh, your thoughts on last night's game? I know it's at the end of the season and it's a meanless game, but were you happy with the performance last night, or...? Yeah, I mean, I was. Yeah, it was. It was a great way to just sort of finish the season, finish the last home game for Scott Brown. It's great to be able to come on and 
have a chat about a positive result and a positive performance. Uh, mm-hmm. Last night, I thought uh, there was a lot of plus points to take. I thought uh, I thought young Adam Montgomery. I thought he was outstanding last night. I think he can be well pleased with uh, his contribution, his home debut. I really was really impressed with that young guy. I, I would actually give him man of the match for for his contribution. And uh, we we Dembele as well getting on the score sheet. The finish four now it could have been uh, could have been a heartload of goals. So yeah, I mean we'll, we'll take the game in isolation. We'll not we'll not think. Why was that not happening? Uh, you know, throughout the season, we'll just take the game in isolation. And yeah, it, it was a great performance and a good result. It was good to see him play with a bit of freedom, wasn't this? You know, passing the ball around and and, and like that was like an, it was like Celtic of, of old, wasn't it? The, the freedom they had with the ball and they got they, they got their flow going, wasn't this? Yeah, I mean, it was it, it was probably a performance that we've not seen much of the season. To be honest, there was mm-hmm. a lot of attacking football. I think a lot of I think a lot of the guys will agree. A lot of the football we've played this season has been a bit side to side and back, and not very penetrating. Um, but last night we've seen guys taking up great positions. Elianusi's Edward dropping in, uh, Forrest, Christie, Turnbull. They all seemed to be on the forefront last night, um, and, and it was a right tackling performance. And like I said, it could have been a number of goals. There were some right good chances that were missed. Elianusi had a couple. Christie had a couple. Uh, Edward had two or three really, really good chances. So yeah, again, it was uh, it was a good way to, to to send Scott Brown. And the plus last, last night, Mark. A plus last night too, Mark was uh, back has made a save. That unsuspectedly he made a save last night, and I think that was uh, one of the highlights from the game. You know, hopefully that you know he he got a good one. He got a is that the first save he's made all season. <laughs> I think so. I honestly, I think it actually is. <laughs> But it's Barry. I, think, I thought young Montgomery was really. I thought was really impressed with him. I thought he had a great game last night. Uh, back he's an incoming manager. Another conundrum, didn't it? Because we've agreed Taylor's no good enough to be a number one if we're getting into Champions League and things like that. And, well, you'd like to see Montgomery in the wrong the first team next season as well, Mark. You know that he's he's been there. He played well. Like you don't want to see him kind of dropping out. Like you know. That's what I'm saying. Who would? I mean, it would be. Uh, Young, it would be Taylor's place he'd be taking the squad for me. Yeah. So we need a mm-hmm. we need a new number first choice left back, and for me Taylor was good enough as an understudy. But what I saw from Montgomery last night, he's good enough to be. An, it's only one game. I'm not going to see the next KT or anything like that. Do you know what I mean? But it might be even a, a wee year out and loan could do the boy some good. Mhm. Barry, do you agree? That maybe a year out and Lord Fleming there. In the League One or the in, uh, to a Premier League team might do do them the world good. Oh, I mean, I, de- I definitely agree. We'll not get too excited. We'll not get too carried away. Like I say, I, I thought he was outstanding. I was really, really impressed with the boy last night. He just seemed full of confidence. He seemed like there was nothing phased him. You know, I think when young players make their debut, sometimes it's easy just to keep it safe. You know, just always keep possession, play a safer pass. I, I thought he showed no fear at all last night. I think he was making. Uh, passes like like forward passes. I think he was driving forward the ball, but but yeah, hundred percent. I mean that's his first game, and with all due respect to St. Johnson, they didn't really test him out defensively. It'll be interesting mm-hmm. to see, you know, when he, when he comes up, but maybe on the back foot against somebody. But uh, yeah, I mean, I certainly wouldn't get too carried away. You know, he's got this is just his first game, a lot of developing to do. But what a start for the young man. And Mark, what about Welch coming up against? Um... Uh, an aggressive Kane last night. You think he handled himself well? You know, considering Welch's height is kind of a disadvantage to him oh, in the centre back. I thought Welch had a good game as well. 
I thought he'd done a good. He'd put in a good shift in. You know, because Kane is a tough character to to play against. You know, and he kind of, he was kind of kind of shove Welsh or, or trying to wind him up. But fair juice to Welsh, he was having he was having none of it. He he got on with his game and and he did what what we expect him to do. You know, so I think that's, Welch, that's like showing a bit of maturity and. Well, he's no good experience, but you're expecting that for experienced players. You're expecting younger players to get a wee bit wound up. And, do you know what I mean? They're no use mm-hmm. kind of getting a pee rip to them on the park and things like that. But no, I thought he'd done well to keep keep his head and just stick out, stick at his game. I mean, and it was good to see... Um, St. Johnson weren't any great shakes last night. I mean, it was... Mm-hmm. Right, Celtic beat them 4 nothing, but it was at St. Johnson have got an eye in the cup final, haven't they? No, exactly, sure. but sure. I'm not getting but bad. Plus side, Mark, to, um, Sorry, what? To see uh, Dembele score and like he, his celebration showed that he actually still loves the club and hopefully that did, did, did Eddie Howe, he is the new manager, can can help him progress into the first team and and sign a new contract that we don't lose him for nothing uh, next summer, you know? Because if he doesn't sign a new contract, Mark, we'll have to sell him this summer or maybe in January. You know, I think it'll be this summer if he's leaving. Uh, mm-hmm. But I mean, Neil Lennon told me we getting game time this season. But it's hard to put a young player into a team that's no doing well. Is and then see if Neil Lennon had put Dembele into the team, and it had they worked out right, it would be as if what's he pinning all his hopes on this young boy for, and then he's always damaged the boy's career and all that. But kind of talk would start. It's easier to put a young player into a winning team. I think maybe that's what stopped him getting a lo- getting the game time that Lennon promised him this year. To be honest, Paul. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, a new man. Maybe Lennon was trying to protect him or kind of a thing like that. Want this? Uh, protect, you know. Protect, protect, protect himself as well. Mm-hmm. Team. Do you know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. if, I said if it's a winning team, it's easier to put a young boy on for the last twenty minutes if you're three goals up, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Slogging it out at nothing each, you get eyebricks in places like that, Tynecastle, you're not going to put on a young boy to save the day. Mm-hmm. So now we're going to move on, we're going to move to the live chat again where we'll answer any questions or topics you guys want us to discuss. But before we do, um, I have a few questions from Jonas who joined us on previous podcasts before and who will be joining us again hopefully at the weekend. So, Jonas is asking, should VAR be introduced to Scottish football? Mark? If it's going to be done right, definitely. But no, if it's going to be done the way the English do it. We kind of nearly see like that the, the Scottish FA will kind of be, be, be getting help from, from, the, from the Premier League if they introduce VAR and the kind of same mistakes will be happening again, Barry, will not they? That up in Scotland and they are down in England, will not they? You know? Yeah. I mean, I, I said on a previous, I, I'm not a fan of VAR. I mean, Mark's pointed out before, um, you, you know, the way it's done down England is not the way VAR was supposed to be introduced. It's not the way it's been used previously and in other countries. I just, mm-hmm. uh, for me, it kind of rips the soul out of the game. So you see all these marginal offside decisions. I, 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 for me, I, I don't want to see that in Scotland. I think I've said before, you know, for certain decisions, you know, for maybe like penalties, goal line technology, Yes, I'm for it, but see, ruling goals out because a player's toe or an elbow or an ear is two or three centimetres in front of the defender, I, I don't like that at all. It's, it's taking the whole kind of uh, celebration away from a goal as well. Like, like when they scored, they're waiting to see 
if VAR are going to make a decision on it like that, it's like, and then if VAR give the goal, the celebration is gone then, and this, you know, it's taken away the, the buzz of the of scoring the goal as well. And, uh, I mean, yeah. there's been no, no, no fans in this season and that, but imagine you're in Celtic Park, a derby game, and the, the bog is in the net, and you have to stand there for two or three minutes to VAR decide if it's a goal. It takes the whole mm-hmm. atmosphere and enjoyment out of the game, I would think. The way then as Barry says, every daffy decision and it's down to a millimetres your side, that's garbage. It's a lot of garbage what they're doing with that. See, it is because see if you look about the about the about the internet and that, there's a I don't know if any of you see that, there's a blog in the on Twitter and that's called Football is Fixed. And this guy's come out with he comes out with this evidence that all that far is doing is helping all these dodgy gambling syndicates and that. It's a bit we out. But some of the stuff the boy says makes you makes you think. But his name's names on all these files, and it is it's a, there's something I don't know why the English are doing it like that. Yeah, because they 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 seem to be doing it different to when you're watching international matches or European matches. Like they don't really go by the way the English football is doing it right down to the millimetre. You know they they rule like a, the forearm of your hand offside. Like if you're in the runs position. They they rule that offside like so it kind of makes no sense to uh, to where they don't burst as he said like if it's been used right it's and effectively as well I mean can Scotland can Scottish football afford VAR? Mm-hmm. I won't think I won't I won't think so now I won't think so now with the pandemic after happening and and things like that I I couldn't see it like you know you know so next question uh, Jonas has asked us uh, what position. Do you think Celtic need to improve next season, Mark? Well, but for who's here, including who we expect to leave in that? Mm-hmm. Uh, as I say, it depends who leaves, but if everybody expect to leave leaves, oh, it's a hard in that, because we're going to need defenders, but we're also going to need a striker, aren't we? Because mm-hmm. like twenty goals from Edward, like you know, so Mark, it's a big, it's a big ask. Whoever going to sign sign is to fill Edward's boots again. I know he didn't play well this season, but he still ended up 20. top scorer in the league. Do you know? So it's it's big boots they have to fill, Barry. Really, if we're going to sign a striker, don't they? Oh yeah, I mean, I think to answer the question, we'll go for me, we need players in every single position and that's mm-hmm. that's not an exaggeration you know it was great <laughs> great to see Barkas make that save. I think you're right Mark I don't even think we're joking I think that might be his very first save that he's made Are you serious I think yeah, I, I, I think it was yeah I, I, thought, I think I that's what he can I can remember him yeah. hand the ball in his hands yeah uh, so but at the same time I think I'd, like, I'd still like to see a goalkeeper brought in and, and if Barkas is to maybe just bed his way in or you know play second fiddle uh, I, I would have maybe Hazard out on loan and Bain's third choice, but I, I think we need defenders, we need midfielders, and we need strikers. Um, because, like I say, if Edward goes, we still don't know what's happening with Griffiths. Kamala is away, and obviously we've got issues with Ajeti. So, you know, like I say, if it is Eddie, what a project it is. You talk about projects, you know, what an opportunity it is for somebody, whoever gets the job, to come in and just right away they've got, like I say, a blank canvas whereby they can come in and they can bring in the players. You know, they're not having to come into a team and teach uh, the players that are already there a system that he wants to introduce. He can actually go out and bring in players that he wants himself and he, or he knows or he believes that can play his system. But 
I mean, Edward, absolutely big shoes to fill. And that goal last night, that was world class. Edward mm-hmm. last night, that that was genuinely world class. Great ball from Brown, unbelievable touch and a beautiful little dink. That that that's the Edward that we know. It's just unfortunate we've not seen it too often this season. But like you say, uh, Paul, he's finished up top. Well, well, I think he's four ahead in this bit uh, going into the last game of the season. So it's likely that he'll finish top scorer, even even though we class that he's had a poor season. Mm-hmm. Just going on what you said, like that, it's more like, like the manager hopefully will bring in a players that will fit his system. I think that's the, one of the biggest things that will help us next season is that we actually have a proper system, playing system within the team, and we have a structure in the team. Something that we we lacked this season when we saw players they looked clueless on the pitch. They they didn't they seemed to didn't know what they were doing. Like and. I think that's going to be a, a, a major step next season, Mark, when we have a new manager in place, that we have a proper structure within the club. You know? Well, even down on the park, Paul, it's got the players have got, I keep going on about it, what Rangers are like, these teams that beat us in the Champions League, they're no good teams, they're just well-drilled. They know, mm-hmm. they know exactly what, <coughs> excuse me, they know exactly what they're doing on the park. And, that's one of the things that I think I think Eddie Howe will bring with him because he's used to doing that. He's born with team. He's used to being the underdog and making sure that his players are well drilled and defending set pieces. That do you know what I mean? The basics of the game kind of thing. So I think that's the one thing that Howe could bring to us. Mm-hmm. And next, uh, he's saying, "What are our thoughts on Celtic's core teams know that they got voted to play in the Lowland League. Now, before I talk about it, I've read up in a few rules, so it's only under 21 players that can play in the Lowland League. You're allowed one or two under 21 players, but if the under 21 players have played uh, in the first team more than five times, they can't play in the Lowland League until the next transfer deadline and that, that goes for the under under 21s that if they're brought up to the first team and they play five times the first team they, they'll have to wait for the next transfer window to register to play in the lower landings again is this a good move I know we talked about the other day Mark look, considering uh, that it's, it's going to be mostly for use to carry they, they might get some competitive games is there some benefits here or are, are we kind of have our dogs about it still? I still have serious doubts about it, Paul. I honest, I don't, I don't really think behind it. I really don't. Uh, I mean, it's only for a year as well, isn't it? So, mm-hmm. I don't see what purpose it's going to serve at all, really. Mm-hmm. Especially when there's none of your kind of resolve team are going to be left playing there because it's going to be strictly for under twenty one. So it's going to be mostly your your U team. Barry, that's going to be playing there, you know, your your youngsters, you know. Yeah. So after like discussing it on the last podcast, I went and had a wee look into the Lowland League and the teams that are involved in it. And mm-hmm. so it's guy, it's like Kelty Hearts, Bonnie Rig Rose, they're junior teams, but there's also a couple of ex league teams like Berwick Rangers are in it, East Stirling are in it, and there's other other ones like uh, Stirling University, the Civil Servant Strollers, and mm-hmm. and on the back of it. I listened to another podcast because I, I was interested to find out why they were doing this. Like Because when we spoke on the last podcast, I couldn't see the benefit. I didn't understand why they would want to play at that level. And what, I don't know if this is true or not, what they said on that podcast was 
there is no youth football just now. There's no like there's no youth leagues. Therefore, mm-hmm. the younger players are not getting games. So if that's why they're doing it, I can potentially half understand. But at the same time, the sort of level that they'll be playing against, uh, with, with no disrespect to the woman, it's not going to be a great level of football. For me, um, where this will possibly enhance their game is the physical side and, and the competitive side, as opposed to the actual quality of the football. But if that's true, if what the guys on that other podcast said was there is no youth football, therefore, you know, the Celtic youths are not getting an opportunity to play against your Rangers, your Aberdeens, your Hibs at youth level, then they're, you know, they're maybe wasting away not getting any kind of game. Could so that, this might could, be the reason. Be, could, could, sorry, Mark, go on. I was going to say, we'll see they're in this campaign to get the teams into the Lowland League. Should they not have been campaigning against the SPFL and SFA? to get these reserve leagues and youth leagues brought back in? Mark, I, I don't know why they're not. I, I don't know why, you know, there, there is no youth football. Is it a COVID? Is it due to the pandemic? Have they, no, have they stopped that? Well, there, there has been no... There has been no the, all the youth players all get put in furlough. That, I mean, that was... Right, OK. It'll take because of the pandemic and that. But, I mean, for the last few years, there's not been any reserve league in Scotland. No, no, there hasn't. But I'm saying, why hasn't? I mean, because let's face it, this is another quote-unquote old firm move when it's both Celtic Rangers that have been move, making this move together. But why are you know, saying, well, our players are not getting the, the games they're needing? It's, it's stopping the progression of our players. It's stopping... It's affecting our plans because... maybe Why can you blame these young boys leaving for Bayern Munich when they're not playing a game? They're not getting a game. There's no league for them to play in. Could that be why the, some of the young players are actually leaving, not just Celtic Scotland, but there, that just came into my head there about that. There've been no leagues. They're not even playing for a reserve league trophy or nothing. It's just pointless, meaningless friendlies that Celtic set up for them. So can and that, could young boys start moving on for? What, that's what I'm saying. Like, could that be one of the reasons why, like, so many young players are leaving Scotland at the moment? That there's actually no football to be played and. They're, they're not getting any younger. They're, get, they're, they're getting older day by day. Do you think that's why they're leaving? Well, looking on it now, it's got, they've got to take into consideration. I mean, because even if they're earlier playing in, say, the German, whatever the German Reserve League is for, for their teams, at least they're playing competitive football and getting coached and be, improving there. If other teams playing bounce games against we teams down in the second division, they're not, they're not going to get any better. They're not it's no breeding a winning mentality or nothing like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think we've said before as well, haven't we, that there is there is a flaw in the Celtic youth development, you know, as well as the actual overall, um, you know, not being any competitive football to play or, or development games, whatever that may be. There is still issues with our development, and we spoke about it before, you know, pathways into the first team that just don't exist. So there's possibly a combination of a number of factors as to why we're losing a lot of our youth players. And it's something that the new regime, you know, director of football, manager, uh, Dominic Mackay as well, they need to address that as soon as possible because youth development should be a big part of Celtic Football Club and bringing through younger players and developing them. Well, like it always has been in the past, we've probably never seen as many in the last 15, 20 years as we did at any other time at the club. Exactly. It seems to be kind of non-existent, really, or, or kind of uh, use academy at, at the moment, Mark, don't they? I know we've seen Montgomery breaking through, but 
there doesn't seem to be a young player able to establish himself in the first team. Like so, is that due to no football being played, or is it just the structure within Celtic, or could it be a bit of both? Well, I think it's a, a bit of both. I mean, it's not just at Celtic. I think it's a problem across Scottish football. We seem to produce all these good young players. We've done it for. But we ended up in the World Cup final for under 16 years and years ago. Many of them went on to be professional football players. We seem to mm-hmm. be all these so called wonder kids, and then they hit a, like a ceiling when they get to like 19, 20, when they should be starting to break into the first team, and they just don't get any better for then. But they play no mm-hmm. games, even with the pandemic, that's no help from anybody. But the overall thing in Scottish football is no having a competitive league for the young teams in the clubs and that is ridiculous. It's ridiculous for a, a so-called professional league. Mm-hmm. So, the first question from the uh, live chat and I hope I get his name right, is uh, Metzer Kroner. Uh, has anybody considered that Oyer maybe not be happy playing in defence and maybe France as a move to try and get in a midfield role? Is that a possibility, Mark? Eh, it might be. Because well, he loves to get forward, though, don't he? He loves to make runs, and he loves to... He's played it centre. And he, and he can, like... He's been a centre-back for... Well, played it over in Norway for a while, and he's played it for he came over here. And it's playing centre-back where all these big teams have been scouting him for, sir. I don't... I don't know. If that's his thinking, then he's a bit silly. Because no team's going to sign him. Do you get what I mean? If He's untried in that position. Exactly. Barry, what your, what's your, your, your thoughts on, on, on that comment there? Yeah, I mean, you know, we, we know that Ayer's got, you know, great ability. And, you know, he, he started out as, a, as a, a midfielder, I believe. However, from, from a young age, he was converted to a centre-half. And we talk about his sort of driving forward from the field, but he recognises that from the centre-half position. He recognises that he's got space ahead of him. Uh, but like I say, he's captained his country as a centre back. He's been linked with uh, a move to AC Milan. AC Milan were, you know, giving him big plaudits from the centre back position. So, you know, whilst there is a possibility and an opportunity that he can play in midfield, there, there's no doubt about that in my opinion. I don't think that would be in his thought process that he himself wants to to move into that. Uh, centre midfield position. I, I think, like, like I say, he's driving runs in uh, midfield and you know foraging forward. They're, they're from the centre back position when he's got the whole game in front of him. Exactly, and especially with the the, the modern game now as well. Uh, uh, a lot of teams like their their centre forwards to be able to play football with their feet rather than be this big hoof the ball up the field. Like you know, so he'll actually suit European clubs in the modern day if he stays. A centre back as well, Mark, won't he? You know. I think, as I said, that's where he's been playing. That's where these teams have scouted him for. So, mm-hmm. don't think I'll, I mean, he's not going to sign for AC Milan and then say, right, I don't want to play centre back. Guy, I want to play as a central defensive midfielder. AC Milan, but son, you're playing where we tell you you're playing. Um, David Gallagher is asking, is there any chance we can keep young Dembele? Uh, Barry? I certainly like to think there's a good chance we can keep Dembele. Um That would be up to the manager to, to sort of convince him that you know he's going to get that opportunity. 
he's been told that previously by, by a manager, by Neil Lennon, uh, and unfortunately that didn't work out. But uh, I can certainly see, I remember seeing Dembele play against Rangers in the Youth Cup final. Um, he must have been about, he must have been about 14 or 15. And I can see developments in his game since that day. He looks like he's, I know he's just a, a small guy, but he looks like he's, he's filled out slightly. He looks like he's a lot faster. I mean, that goal last night, he showed great pace and great composure in that goal that he scored last night. And I like, I'd like to think that we would do, or we're certainly going to try and keep the kid because again, that's another one of the youth players, a real, a real talent that we've nurtured through. I'd hate to see him leave and go for next to no money if that's what's going to happen. So Especially at a young age, that, that he's never actually kind of broken into the first team as well, isn't it? You know, that's. Uh, one of the most disappointing things like that, if he did leave in the summer and we actually didn't get to see him play, Mark, as well, didn't You know? Well, it would be a disappointment if he left, but I agree with Barry. I'd like to think any manager coming in is going to say to the board, look, it's a priority we get him signed up, so you sort out the finances and I'll make sure he's happy to stay. Do you know what I mean? Promising him game time, keep his promises. Because it is he... Is he- no, on you go, Max. On you go. Is he still is he still too light, or is that the type of player that he is? That he's a fast winger. He he's going to be a bit light to to keep his pace and stuff like that. Or should he bulk up a bit more, Barry? Do you think? Or oh, I think he certainly has to bulk up a bit more. But that that that'll come. Hopefully that'll come as he gets older. Uh, and you know he might very well fit into Eddie Howe's system. I mean, look. Eddie Howe had Ryan Fraser at Bournemouth, didn't he? He was just a short guy, albeit, mm-hmm. you know, he, he certainly was a lot stockier than, than what Dembele is. But, you know, he, he can work on that side of his game. I don't have any problems there. But, like I say, in terms of his pace um, that, that he showed yesterday, that's up against, you know, a, a, an experienced St. Johnson left back. And he ripped him for pace. So he's certainly developing his game. He's developing his physical aspects. But uh, in terms of, but he is small. That, that's just his height. I don't know if he'll get any bigger. Hopefully he will. Um, but yeah, he can definitely work on that side of his game to you know in the gym and get in, get himself stronger. And it's not it's not uh-huh. it's not I'm just him bulking up. It's not going to really affect his turn of pace or anything like that. But do you think, Barry? No, no. I shouldn't. If anything, it can help it. You know, if anything, it can help it bulking up and, and you know getting on the leg weight and so on. That can actually make you faster. So, uh, like I say, I, I I was great to see him last night. It was great to see him get that goal. And uh, like I say, it was a great turn of pace he showed. But yeah, no, no. I mean, developing the physical side of his game that shouldn't uh, deter from from his speed or anything like that. And like I say, fingers crossed if it is Eddie Howe that he gets into Dembele's ear and says that you've got a future at the club. Another player. Go sorry, Mike. Go That's why we're talking about Dembele with Bobby's there so in his life chat. He's saying potentially we wouldn't need a right winger if Dembele could step up and be James Forrest's understudy. I'd be happy with that. Exactly, because like, there actually is no better player at the club at the moment with Scott Long leaving to learn from really in that position than James Forrest. Is there, Mark, you know? No, but, but I mean, what we know he can do as a kid and what he showed even last night is and Barry says if he bulks up a bit, there's no reason that Dembele isn't he good enough to, if, if he signs a new contract, a lot of earths here. 
But there's no reason that he's not, shouldn't he be in our squad just as we're back up right winger. Another young player that kind of, and he's similar to Debra as well, and he, he kind of came off the radar is, is the young lad Flex as well. He kind of came off the radar as well. Did some, Aston Villa are supposed to be looking at him, aren't they? Did somebody not say that he was lazy? And I'm sure if I spoke about him before on the live chat, and somebody said mm-hmm. he was just dead lazy and big kid and arrogant. I don't know if that's true or not, but I'm sure somebody said that on the live chat about him before. Because I thought we'd have seen a bit more of him this year as well. Yeah, he kind of never... He, he, kind of, he kind of didn't really show us nothing either when um, the team were isolated in, in quarantine and when he came on there. There was nothing that really got me excited about either, Mark, was there? But he kind of came on, I believe, spells there. They never, they never showed much at all, didn't you know? Mm-hmm. So Bobby Sunderland saying it's a, a real activity on the board's part uh, if it comes if it comes in when a young player gets a better offer from a better league with more developing and potential too they can expect them to sign a deal here you know like it's it's we we talked about numerous times like it's it's really an area that we needs big focus on be it the director of football or the new manager like it, it's an area that Celtic have. have or really seem to be failing the the, the last couple of years is, is in the youth academy, isn't it? You know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, we've, Harry, we've spoke about it, but we've spoken about it before. It really, and it's, it's a re- like I say, I said on a previous podcast, I want it to be a massive focus for the, the director of football and the management and, um, you know, Dominic McKay. I'd love it to be a big focus because Celtic and Scotland, it, it's not, a, they're not a cash rich league that we're playing. You know, so whilst we're losing youngsters to, um, you know, Germany and, and the English Premiership, you know, for, for their development, we should really, at Celtic, be convincing uh, young players that this is the club that, that this is the club that they're going to get an opportunity to develop their game and make their break into Scottish football. And like we said previously, unfortunately, that that's just not happened. Um, and it should be, it certainly should be a main main focus that we have going forward because as every supporter knows it and loves it, it's great that when we see these young kids, these local kids etc coming through, breaking at the first team and really staking a claim for the first team and sort of going back to, to, to Dembele being uh, Forrest Understreet, I'd be more than happy with that if Dembele was to get an extended contract and and sort of be fighting out with Forrest because we saw what happened to Forrest when Paddy Roberts came in and, and sort of claimed that position Forrest has got better and better, so it's great to have competition in these uh, in these positions. But yeah, absolutely. In terms of the youth development, uh, it's for me it should be a huge, huge focus and a, a real good challenge for for the the director of football and the management team. Mm-hmm. Mark, basically uh, agree with this. I totally agree with that. But yep. Youth development but, is something that Celtic. Campsy is saying a good one there. Sorry, Mark. Uh, it's not just Celtic it seems to be with problems with use. It seems to be, is it Scotland as a nation that uh, Scotland are falling? And I see it's, it's, it's the same here in, in, in Ireland that we seem to be uh, the grassroots and the, 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 the junior level things. like There's no one seem to be rising to be the next star of, of a nation within Ireland and Scotland. Like, what could Scottish football do 
do as a whole to to improve grassroots football in Scotland? Is there, is there, what's the funding like there from? Is it none? Oh, it's not. It's not the best at grassroots level. But what they need to do is get young players playing games. Seriously, even Celtic's guilty. We've got too many squad players that are just squad players in st- like in their mid twenties. We don't. We shouldn't have that. Our squad. We should have like say fifteen, a first team, sixteen, like man, first team squad, and then see the rest of the squad. It should be made up of young players. We shouldn't see. Like, I mean, Kamala, right? I know you said he was a good player, but Kamala sat there and done nothing for the length of time he was here. And yet he's done the same. We're padding out our squad with players that aren't good enough, really aren't good enough for the first team. And that's holding back these young players getting their chances. And that's not just at Celtic. Other teams in Scotland, we've all seen a kind of infatuation with foreigners. Oh, and then at other clubs. I mean, we see it on the forum. People will suggest signing that Campbell for Motherwell and this one. For, and others but oh, you, you can't. There's nobody in Scotland. I wouldn't have him in my team. Even Lewis Ferguson. There are folks saying Lewis Ferguson shouldn't get in the Celtic team. That's, to me, that's a nonsense. He'd walk into that team tomorrow if it was up to me. Barry, yeah. Oh yeah, I mean, a hundred percent. I mean, for me, there's a, there's a number of players, and it was interesting to hear John Kennedy the other day. You spoke about it earlier uh, in the rumours section with regard to Ali McCann. Ali McCann. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, Ali McCann, and, and he was linked at the start of the season. He's been linked for this whole season, so I don't know if that was uh, Nicky Hammond and, and uh, Neil Lennon that identified him, but he's he's a, a good young player, but. The good thing was, I don't know if you heard them say, John Kennedy said that they've got their eyes on a lot of Scottish talent. And there's, there's no, absolutely nothing wrong with that. You know, I, I think you're right, Mark. I think sometimes we do turn more nose up at players in this country. But that's not to say, I mean, we've had some good success over the years about getting, you know, getting players from Scottish clubs. We've, we've had a number of successful players at this football club uh, by going into the Scottish market. And, and I, I would have no problems going and doing it again. It's going to be it'd be a benefit too for 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 Scottish football and uh, Scotland as a nation if Celtic are approaching the, the the next big players within the Scottish league instead of having them go down south sitting on the bench not getting a game or going down to League One trying, trying to get first team football you know, you know it's it's a benefit to to Scotland and Celtic if we do go for these like the, these players like Luke Fargan or maybe Alan McCann if there's if there's truth in them you know. You know, but there has been no kind of stories really about Celtic going for Fox and Mark, has there? You know, been murmurs and rumours. I think it's just because he has one of the best players in the country. They know that they've been kind of linked to him. Uh, I thought. I mean, I think it's possible it would come, but I think he's maybe eyeing a move down to England when he leaves Aberdeen. But Celtic should definitely been there. Uh, ask the question. Should definitely been there trying to sign him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, uh, 100%, I, I agree with that 100%. Like, we, we should, like, if a player wants to go down to England and fair play, but we should certainly be going in and making an attempt to, to, to keep the, the best Scottish players in this country. I feel I often feel we miss a trick by not going and signing players and, or maybe not showing an interest in allowing players to move down to England and, and see them flourish. And you think to yourself, you know, that, that was an opportunity missed there by Celtic. So for, for me, we should, certainly should be and John Kennedy said that himself, we've got an eye on all the sort of best 
talent in the country. Well, I mean, think back to Stuart Armstrong, Barry. See, see if some quick level an English team would have been in for, for Armstrong while he was at Dundee United. Champion, uh, champion, exactly, yeah, right? exactly. We should be selling this to like Lewis Ferguson, like, look, come to us for three or four years and you'll not be in the championship, you'll be a mid-table league player. It'll be, do you know what I mean? Use it as a stepping stone to a higher level either move to England, do you know, rather than scrimping and scraping down the championship, hoping you'll get a move up. Absolutely, Mark, and, and that's, that's the Celtics model, that's exactly the conversations that Celtic should be having with players. They should be saying, listen, you know, if you've got aspirations to play at a higher level one day, come to us. That you know, that that's the Celtic model. Is to come give them a platform to play on. It's you a gateway, really bad. Absolutely. That they'll be competing for trophies, they'll hopefully win medals, they'll be playing European football and they'll be gaining exposure that way. And there's no doubt about it, any player that does well for Celtic attracts interest from multiple clubs. So it really is not a great platform for a young player, certainly a young Scottish player, to come to the club and perform at a good level. And if they, if they continue that progress, they will get a move. They will get the move that they're seeking. But it was it yourself that was saying there that, um, in the previous podcast, I'm sure it said that uh, these, these kind of youth academies there, they have young kids off like 11 years of age and stuff like that, and then being told they're not good enough they the, the, the play football was was that yourself that was saying that on a previous podcast with us? Yeah, it was Paul. You know, th- th- there's there's multiple football academies now, and, and you know, what I've said before, they start them at a really young age. You know, the yeah, players yeah. in professional professional academies at like seven, eight year old, and by the time they're hitting nine, ten, they're told, uh, you know, that they're not good enough, they're not going to make it. And I, I said before, I, I don't personally believe in that. I don't think you should be having players in academies at that age. I think no, it's like, 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 I don't see the, the sense of that, like having these young kids come in. Like, all they want to do at that age is just have a kick along with the ball. They're not interested in how to pass the ball, tactics or anything like that. I've been taught that. You know, if you're being taught that young age, you're not good enough. You, 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 you would get upset, Mark, wouldn't you? And you would kind of move away from the game then and go to a different sport or something, you know? Definitely. I can mind I failed a trial for a team when I was about, I must have only been about eight or nine, and I can remember getting him and break my heart greeting. Because I'd mm-hmm. trial, sir. I mean, for somebody to tell you that you're no good enough, that's just nonsense. Kids should be enjoying football rather than, I mean, I just go with my nephew when he played with his wee boys club and that in Hamilton. He used to go and See these guys just on the side of the park. I mean, there was one guy who used to stand there and he actually timed the halves. And this was by, I don't know if they stole there. The kids could, it got to, I think it was 10 nothing, and then they reset the scores, or 5 nothing, and they reset the scores. Or something. <laughs> <laughs> it was the first spell of doing this, and kids footballer here, and it was just to make it mere, oh, you're, you're no, they weren't getting laughed at, they were getting beat 22 nothing and things like that, Paul. Everyone get the bed and then at the end of the game or something. And things like that. And the guy, some of the dads and that, you're like, you're a pure redneck, mate. Stowing their time in the ref and then shouting at them about how long they should, injury time he played in the half and things like that. And to cause the fun out for kids, their dads bawling and shouting at them about how you're not doing that right and you're not doing this right. That's no way you're going to encourage kids to take up football through feet. Especially too, um, uh, Mark, with parents 
putting a lot of pressure on their kids as well at a young age for soccer. And I, I see the hair uh, in, in, in kids' matches here that, that the parents be shouting at their child and, and stuff like that. Like, you know, that's not, that's not good for a child either playing football, isn't this? That's you know? sit there on a Saturday night and watch the match of the day in sports scene and then hear something and then that's the night they're doing it at the side of the park on a Sunday morning shouting out the same stuff. Mm-hmm. That's a, mm-hmm. a, it doesn't help because you, you can see the kids' shoulders and he's going down with it every time they're shouting at them. And they're just, a lot of them weren't enjoying it at the time. I think funny, like, young kid now and they're they're looking at raw models in sport and stuff like that. That's he, he's he's leaving us at the end of the season. Any young Celtic fan has to look at Scott Brown as a as a raw model, uh, Barry, to, to progress their career. Wouldn't you, would you think? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I think Scott Brown's the ultimate role model. And you know, mm-hmm. when when you hear you know when you hear players that have played with him, played against him, more so probably the ones that have played with him because they get. I look at him sort of closer than anybody else does. They, they, they talk about his attitude and you know his, his desire and determination to just get better and better. Um, he's the ultimate professional, you know, and that's why he's had so much success uh, throughout his career. You know, 22 trophies and uh, a 14-year Celtic career. Uh, you know, uh, the captain of the club as well. He is the ultimate uh, professional and the ultimate role model. And uh, yeah, you know. It's sad to see him go yesterday, you know, his final game itself. It is, like, it, it's, it's they kind of... But strive to be Scott Brown. It's, it's kind of hard to picture next season that Scott Brown is not going to be involved in Celtic, Mark, isn't this? You know? Uh, I think I think for us, this is a kind of version like Billy McNeil left as a player and that for the older guys in the chat. Mm-hmm. You know, but I suppose this is a kind of feeling they had back then when all the Lisbon Lions do you know what I mean when they all started breaking up but Billy McNeil must and Jimmy Johnson would be another one lately but to me this is your kind of version of that yeah because I was listening to uh, just losing somebody that's just been there that long so much success and just he's been Mr Celtic really for years isn't it and I mean let's face it he didn't even start at Celtic he wasn't even a Celtic fan so for him to come here and spend the amount of time he has and buy into the pure ethos of the club and the fans and the support and just be Mr Celtic for so long, turn down money to go other places and that is fantastic. Delighted for him that the career he's had for us, I really am. I think we're uh, the likes of Callum McGregor if, if he stays and, and James Forrest obviously but it's going to be a long time after these three players that we were going to see a player be at Celtic for so long, Barry, isn't it? That it's not kind of there at the moment within the modern football player staying with teams for 14 years. You know, it's, it's not there anymore, so it's not, you know? It's, it's, you know, it's, it's very unusual now, isn't it, to see a player staying at uh, a football club for any length of time. You know, money tends to talk. And if a club offers uh, higher wages elsewhere, they do tend to jump. So it is refreshing to see, you know, that, that Scott Brown sort of broke that model. As Mark says, he, he did have opportunities in the past to, to go to, to other clubs and make moves, but he decided that he wanted to stay at this club and, you know, be a success and continue to compete and win trophies. And yeah, you know what, he'll go down as a Celtic legend uh, in years to come. 
and like I say, you know, sorry, it'll be very strange to see him in an Aberdeen jersey next year coming to Celtic Park. That'll be very unusual. But would you, you think know, he'd want to play against us, or do you think he'd want to sit at house? No, you know, oh, he want to play. That, that, you know what we've just spoke about the ultimate professional and that's what, and that's what you'll do Aber, and you'll, you'll come to the paying his wages he'll be there yeah. 100% yeah. against us definitely definitely well, so here's a scenario with, for the two of you like we're all expecting Eddie Howe to to be named as manager but what if the last minute Crystal Palace or Newcastle came in for him and he taunted them he taunted he agreed a contract with them and uh, Eddie Hody went belly up over all this waiting. What would happen then? Where would you think the club would be in dire straits, wouldn't we? Roy Keane. <laughs> no, that's the, that would be the chief Eddie Howe. Honestly, if it's no Eddie Howe, it'll be Roy Keane. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Well, you know something, I, 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 I'm repeating myself all the time now on these podcasts. I, I believe the deal was done. You know, I, I believe, believe that. I, I, yeah, I, I, I believe there was an agreement weeks back because I, I don't think Celtic could afford to, to sort of drag their hat on some. Yeah, yeah. Well, exactly, and, and be so silent. So I, I think the deal's done. Uh, I think they can't announce it, uh, sorry, sorry, I think they can't announce it because maybe, I think they've agreed as well with Bournemouth as a package for their their backroom staff and because Bournemouth are in the playoffs, that's why they're not announcing it, you know? That could be it, that could be it, uh, you know, with regards to, I mean, like I said, there's been multiple sort of conspiracies as to why they've not announced it, uh, you know, backroom staff, director of football, he's still on the payroll, etc., but uh, no, for me, the deal's done with Eddie Howe. Uh, I'd ima- I I could see it actually being announced within the next seven days, uh, mm-hmm. or, or or even sooner. Uh, and then, like I say, we we need to start getting the the the, pro- the ball rolling with recruitment and, and and really having a focus on on going ahead for next season. I don't think we're far away from the appointment at all. Because Mark, like it's a strange one, like say like that. 
Eddie Howe's coming in and the Celtic are waiting to show you like the manager, an in-call manager already would have his own backroom staff in place or if he's agreed with that John 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 Kennedy and, and Gavin Schlachten be involved. Like, he, he he knows who his backroom staff is already if, if it is Eddie Howe in this, you know? That'll all be agreed. As Barry says, if if this deal's been done for weeks or whatever, Eddie Howe will know exactly who's coming in as his backroom staff. He'll even I'll say he'll even have players lined up everything for coming in. I think he's been if it is Eddie Howe Whoever has been working on the working behind the scenes for a while, just even just if it is just, uh, just like looking at everything through the club. Do you know what I mean? Just checking out what's going on, what standards are around the club and the training, the fitness stuff and everything, and just getting a feel of the club and seeing what's actually needed, like immediately. Because we need to hit the ground running. See the things about the youth development and that. That'll all happen over time. But we need to, for the amount of players and everything we need for the next season, we need to have plans already in place for that. I think I agree with Barry. I think he's been working on for that in a while, for a while now. But you know what has got me though between all this scenario of the manager thing is that the director of football role has just really stopped, hasn't it? Like there's been no talk of a director of football the last couple of months. Like that has really kind of went out the window, Mark, hasn't it, the director of football? Uh, there's not been much said about that, even, like, rumours and stuff on Twitter and social media and that, but I think there was enough said at the time and the hints on the, all the Lowell's wee friendly sites and that. There, I think there's got to be a point in the director of football. I think, like, fans are kind of more interested in who the manager's going to be first, isn't it? That, that's the kind of fans kind of... Major concerns is the, is the first team, isn't it? That's, I mean, fans, first and foremost, really all they care about is the product on the park and who's in the dugout. And then, once that's gone well, they start looking at other things and what else isn't working right. Well, I mean, I've seen mm-hmm. the forum for years, there was problems behind the scenes with youth, the way the youth academy was running, who was signing players and things like that. But a lot of people on the forum didn't want to hear it because we were racking up trebles. Do you know what I mean? Everything in the garden was rosy. I was just a miserable sod and a moaning getting things like that. Do you know what I mean? But these problems were there if you looked at them, looked for them and decided to see them. But a lot of people ignored them. But Mark, is that down to the, the head of Youth Academy, Chris McCart? Or does, 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 do they need to be changed? Do you think the, the, the coach is down in the the youth event, like so Chris McCart and Steve McManus and all involved down there, Darren O'Dee's down there. There seems to be a lot of kind of ex-players that come into that role in Celtic, doesn't there? It's you know? Not really. No, I mean, we don't really know much about what McCart and that actually do, but they've got, well, we've spoken often enough about how there's no pathway for youth players to get into the team. That's got to be, that's down to the way the club's been run. Do you know what I mean? That's part. The academy's got to take some of the, the blame for no producing players that are forcing themselves, forcing them. On, they need to make a step up. Do you know what I mean? The players, if the players mm-hmm. are good enough, they're no good enough. But the academy's got to ask, well, why are we no producing players that are even pushing forth? Like young players just hungry, trying to get into the first team. Exactly. What's your thoughts about that? Sorry. I've just got to say, I, want, I mean, most of young players still leave and go and have a career in football, so they can't be that bad. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, there's that young boy, McCarthy, who was with St. Johnson last night. And he was wasn't let go, and now he's playing for St. Johnson. And I see mm-hmm. been folks saying we should sign him back. Mm-hmm. Barry, what's, what's your thoughts on 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 the, the Celtic coaches in, in the UK academy? Do they need to be looked at as well, you think, in this, this structure? Um, I'm not sure if they have to be looked at or not, to be honest, Paul. Uh, you know, you can look at it and say, well, you know, we're not seeing many youth players breaking into the first team, so is it an issue with the youth players or does it go a bit deeper than that? You know, is it that, you know, the scouting system for youth players is an issue, that, you know, the, the players that are being recommended, the young players that are being recommended to, to come into the youth and, you know, there's so many factors that can, can be involved in terms of players maybe not making the grade, but, you know, because Celtic don't produce a great deal of youth into their, their first team, like Mark was saying, sometimes it's better for a player to go away somewhere else and get the opportunity, for want of a better phrase, at a smaller club. You know, there's, like Mark said, there have been multiple players that have left Celtic and gone to you know, lesser clubs in Scotland and gone on and have really good careers. It happens all the time. Uh, and again, that's, that's that's slightly disappointing. When you see players that are going away and, and having good careers and you, you think what the might young have been. Yeah, uh, what's his name? Um, was it Hampton or St. Mary? He was with for years. The fellow McGowan, is it? Paul McGovern, is it? McGovern? Yeah, uh, Paul McGowan. He's at Dundee now. Like I say, yeah, he was in the wrong Scottish football for a number of years, weren't he? Had a nice career for himself as well, wasn't he? And he was another player that was expected to be the next big thing at Celtic, but just, just didn't work out for him. Just he never got a chance to, to break into the first team, you know? Yeah, I mean, like I say, there's a num- there's a number of players that you can, you can say that that's happened to. But like 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 we've spoken about before, for for me, we really need to to address the, the youth development situation. And uh, in my opinion, pl- young players should know or, or, or be like they should be speaking to the younger players and saying, "Look, this is what you need to do to get in the first team. And if you do this, if if you can meet this criteria, and if you can develop the way that we, you will be in this first team. They need to know that they're going to get an opportunity because I don't think that's there at the minute. I, I don't think it's there whereby a, a youth player at the club is confident or has an idea that uh, in a year's time or whenever it may be, that exactly. I will be a, I will be a first team player. I, I don't think that exists, and that's something. Like you say, if it's Fergal Harkin that comes in the direct director of football, that was his forty, so he could potentially have a, have a good input into that. But yeah, for me, it's a kind of it's, it's a bit what if you know are are you going to make it? Are you not? You know, there's there's no pathway to the first team as Mark's already said, and that's the thing that, that gets me, Barry, is that um, we see a player in the first team for we say one or two weeks on the bench or in the long the first team, and then we we don't see him then again for for the rest of the season. Like like Dan Bailey, he was in the long the season at the start, and then he just disappeared. You know. As you said, yeah. like they're not, they don't seem to be in and around the team or around the team in match days to get that. Like it's not just, it's not about playing. Really, it's like be, being in around the first team, being on the match day squad, get that whole feeling behind you. Do you know what I mean? Get, you know, it's, well, it's you, not you know what, Paul, like, Young players, you know what? They should be confident that if they're progressing and they're delivering the goods, that they're going to be in that first team. They, 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 they mm-hmm. should, that's what they should. That's the way they should feel. They should feel that 
if I if I'm I'm giving my all in training and I'm producing on the park when I'm getting the opportunity, I will be a first team regular. But that doesn't happen at the club, unfortunately. And like I said before, that that's something for me that we have to address because we should any young player should should have that opportunity in the first team, no matter what club you're at. Like I say, if you're making progress and you're you know delivering in training and you're showing a, a good attitude and a good desire in training and getting opportunities in the first team, you should be confident as a young player that you're, you're, you have the opportunity and the ability to break in and become a first team regular. But unfortunately, exactly, far like, between at the minute. If you're good enough, you're good enough, Barry, basically, isn't this? You know? Oh, absolutely, absolutely, yeah. I mean, it doesn't matter what age you are. I mean, Dembele made his debut at 16, didn't he, against Hearts? He came on, he was he had a debut that day. He, he really lit up the place. But like you say, Paul, you know, I, I think he's only played maybe two or three times since. He, that, that's, that's, that's not any use for a young player. If you're not going to be if you're not going to be playing that first team, then it might have been an idea to get him out on loan and look to develop him that way. But uh, these young players should be confident they're able to come into the Celtic first team. That, that's what should happen. I'm actually surprised, actually, that he, he's he's actually kind of not one of our youth players that actually ever went out and loan, Mark Dembele. Do you know? He can't send under-18s out and loan. Uh-huh. That answers my question. <laughs> so we're moving on for that. And uh, next is, uh, and I mentioned in the, in the room, was that uh, John Kendi and uh, Gavin Strachan, they're, they're, they haven't been told about the, the Celtic rebuild or, or anything like that. They haven't been told who the next managers uh, These are, are, are the rumours. Uh, do you think two of them are under pressure, uh, John Kendi and Gavin Strachan, next season under to be, to be involved in Celtic? Uh, Mark? Oh, well, I've said before, I think Kennedy should be looking for a management job himself to prove he's his own man and what he can do as a manager. He's been a bit Celtic long enough now and he's had a weak chance at the first team manager and well, it's not really worked out too well for him. But I mean, Gavin Stratton, we don't really know what he does, that's data analyst stuff. He's meant to be good at it, but even if Celtic let him go, he'll probably find a job somewhere else easy enough. I don't see that. I don't think any. As I said, Stratton could probably. If he's as good as he, sorry, if he's as good at his job as people say, as Eddie Howe will know that. So he might have a might have a job with Eddie Howe, but I can't see where John Kennedy could get a job at Celtic now. It's long overdue for him to be away and be his own man. I think like with uh, so much talk about there being uh, lack of con- lack of. Uh, Leadership within the the, the coaches. This is like we we actually don't know what role Gavin Strachan plays in the club really this season, Barry. Do we? You know, it's just seems the the coaches staff seem to be all over the place this season, and we we don't actually know much about him. You know. Yeah, I mean, I, I, and that goes down to the performances on the park as well. When things aren't going well on the park, everybody gets questioned. You know, from the manager to the coaching staff. But, I mean, I, I would find it a bit strange if John Kennedy and Gavin Strachan are sort of sitting about to, to wait and find out if they're, if they're part of the new manager's plans. Like we've said before, and like Mar just said there, I think the time's come for John Kennedy to go and, and become a manager elsewhere. And I've said that on a previous podcast. Mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't see the benefit of him hanging around. He, he's been a coach at the club now for a number of years, and he's served under 
a good few managers now. I think for his own progression and development in the management game, I think it's time for him to go. So, so I'd be surprised and a bit confused if he was sort of hanging around and, and hoping that the new manager sees, sees him as part of his sort of backroom staff. I think the time's come for John Kennedy to go and, and become a manager elsewhere. I think the, the 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 new manager would want a fresh start with his own backroom staff as well, Mark. I think I don't think he'd want Kennedy kind of come in or just play nose that and you know make his own judgment on on the team. Do you think? Yeah. Well, a lot of managers like if they're coming in to a foreign a foreign country, a different league, like to have somebody about them that knows the league and knows do you know what I mean the local game, the Scottish game, or whatever it is. But I still don't think it should be Kennedy. If Chief Kennedy does end up with a job still still at Celtic, I think it shows he's got a total lack of ambition. If he's and it would, just sitting there waiting, exactly, just sitting there waiting in the hopes that he's going to get a job. Oh, I can't. But Barry says I can't see that. I think Kennedy and Stratton and the rest of them will know what their positions are already. Again, it's just all party. They can't see anything. The new kind of thing. I think funny um, <coughs> new manager coming in. Um, Scott Brown even is going to be a big loss now having the, that leadership in, in the dressing room next season, Mark, isn't it? Oh, well, a big boost, but it might be a good thing as well. But if, but if Eddie Howe came in and him and Scott Brown didn't go on, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Maybe there's a split in the dressing room because all the, all the old guards going to be in Scott Brown's side and all the new players are going to be in Eddie Howe's side and I think that's maybe part of one of the reasons as well that Scott Brown's decided it's time to go. Just as I've said the other night in the podcast, just a clean sweep. Lowell's away. It's the end of Neil Lennon's association with the club. Ten in a row is done. And, but no, I mean, everything. It was just time to clear the boards. Mm-hmm. Do, 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 do you agree with that? that? Maybe, maybe it is a good thing that, that Scott Brown is leaving by that we can actually find a player with more decent legs or have a different need in the dressing room rather than Scaprong? Yeah, well, like I've said previously, you know, Eddie Howe, if it's Eddie Howe, he might want to bring in his own sort of leader and captain. I said previously, for me, there should be multiple leaders in the changing room on a football park. I said that previously, but with Scott Brown leaving, there's no doubt about it, he was the dominant leader in the changing room and on the pitch. Now there's an opportunity for somebody else to step up, um, and like I say, whether that be Eddie, Ma- uh, sorry, Eddie Howe brings in his own man, or, or or multiple people, or if there's an opportunity for somebody within the club at the minute to think, you know what, I'm going to step forward. I fancy being a leader on this park. Then, like I say, it's opportunities there for, uh, for for some people to step forward. But there's no doubt Scott Brown will, will be a miss uh, in and around the club and in and around the changing room. Will is saying there that Strachan came with a good reputation in England, like so. With Eddie Howe being being English and being around English football, I would think he would would know what Strachan is about, Mark, as well. Do you think? You know. Well, that's what I said. He seems to. Yeah. He has got a good reputation doing what he does. And if see if see if Eddie Howe again, if it is him or whoever it is comes in and says, oh, I've heard about Strachan, he does good work, I want him as part of my team, that's good enough for me. You've, mm-hmm. trust, you've got to put some trust in the manager kind of thing, you know what I mean? If he thinks that Eddie Howe, eh, if Eddie Howe thinks that Strachan's 
good enough to be the data analysis or whatever it is for Celtic. I've just got to accept that. Exactly. Uh, interesting here from um, from Glasgow Green, and we we don't know was this meeting uh, today between uh, Dominic McCoy and Peace Lawland and unnamed fans group. Do you think that to do with anything about fans getting into the stadium next season and maybe season renewal tickets, Mark? Or have you heard anything about this meeting? Yes, I've not heard anything at all about it. I can even I don't even know. People are saying it's a Celtic trust that's in who's in talking to them. Some of these numerous fan groups, though. Our invite, mm-hmm. invite was lost in the post, lad, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think it could be about... I can't see the Celtic Four telling them anything that's going on in the club or who the next manager is. You know, I think it's more... Yeah, I'll be t- yeah. It was a thing that me was talking... I don't know if we did talk about it with Chelsea letting their board, letting fans into the board meetings and that. Yeah. I, st- yeah. I spoke to Ed too about it, but he said it's just it was just kind of an appeasement gee, because of the mess up of the European Super League and that. Yeah. And the fans are going to, I mean, these fans that think are going to get in the board meetings, the Celtic board and the Chelsea board, they don't sit there and talk about who they should be signing and things like that. They talk about boring, do you know what I mean? Boring things to us, things that we really, we, we don't want to really know. Do you get what I mean? Mm-hmm. And they're only allowed into so many meetings. Plus, there's only there's they need to, there's confidentiality things and everything. That it says, but just see the day. It'll be just be I don't know, like a wee part in the heat to make the whatever groups are invited make them feel important. I'd be surprised mm-hmm. if there was any that important said at them. Well, I think It'll be similar to the statement that was released last week, won't it? That's what I think. Yeah. There's no doubt that the, the people there or the fans there, they'll be asking about, you know, when's a new manager being appointed? When's a director of football being appointed? When are we getting back? It'll be sort of similar. Listen, we're, you know, we're working hard in the background. Yeah. We're having an announcement soon. I'd imagine it'll be something like that. You know, I don't think there'll be many uh, questions answered. Uh, daft PR stunt kind of idea. Yeah. As pointless as email, probably. I'll just put it like that. It's pointless. My thing, the thing, going back to that, like, is having these days. I know we talked about it in the last podcast, but I was reading about it, and I was reading about the Chelsea. I know Spurs are starting to follow that. They're going to let fans uh, on the board. My my thing is that if that any information there gets leaked to anyone within the, the supporters members, and this information gets leaked to the media, because. But they can't. That has been Paul. They can't. But, but, but that's but, boardroom confidentiality. But that's like saying, that's like said, Mark. Like information has got leaked to media this season about Celtic that lineups uh, against uh, against Rangers that the, the lineup would come out uh, before it's announced. Like could 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 that thing scenario happen again? Do you think if fans were on the on, on these board meetings? No, because if we get found out pretty quick if they were leaking stuff out of the boardroom, Paul. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah, like, you saying that to in your association kind of a thing, isn't it? See if there was a leak out of the boardroom or that. Then the guys on the daft, they'd just say something stupid, like it's a plant story, and then see who, if it came out in the paper, they would know exactly who it was who was leaking it kind of idea. But mm-hmm. just, it's, honest, it's just, I, I don't... I really don't understand the urge for fans to be in board meetings and things like that. You know, it's 
the board is, is they talk about things as I've just said that they don't sit and talk about transfers or do you think we should sign him? Could see the way we talk about it on the forum and things like that? That's what these fans think it's going to be like in the boardroom. And that's really not what it's like at all. It's mind-numbing mind -numbing stuff that the board deals with, apart from, obviously, when it is transfers as such. But at Chelsea and places like that, that's all left to other people. Mm -hmm. right. Mark, would you like to go maybe in the future? Question for the two of you. Uh, would you like Celtic to be owned by, by, by the fans? Uh, Barry? Um, I don't know, to, to be perfectly honest, Paul. I think, you know, Dermot Desmond, he sometimes gets a bit of flack, doesn't he? He sometimes gets a bit of stick from the supporters about sort of lack of investment and stuff. But I actually feel quite safe, to be honest, under Dermot Desmond. I always think that, you know, if push comes to shove or, you know, the club are ever in trouble or if, you know, the, the, there needs to be a, a particular appointment made or an investment made, I'm always quite confident that Dermot Desmond would stump up the goods. I, I, I don't know. I just think, you know, for me, to have a businessman looking after your club is always a good thing. And, and maybe supporters maybe don't have that business knowledge. I don't know if it would be a good thing or not, to be perfectly honest with you. Mm -hmm. that'd, be, that'd be my thing, like, would be would be the funds, you know, them able to manage the funds within the club and, and stuff like that. Just like, it's good to have a businessman run it and have a, a business structure because, like, you have to give Desmond a lot of credit the way this, this stable Celtic books over the last couple of years, Mark. Like, I couldn't see that, that happening under uh, Celtic being known by, 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 by supporters that we'd be so, so secure now, would you? But it depends what you mean by owned by supporters. Are we talking about outright owning the club or are we like, talking about like, a German 50 plus one? No, outright Celtic fans, you know? I mean, no, that would just be... I, 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 that wouldn't work. I don't see how that would even work. I it's, then again, all these... Egos all come into play because we're electing people and things like that. Do you know what I mean? It's uh, nah, it's not for because me, Barry. My local club here, they we're owned by by four of us, like it's a supporters group, all different businessmen around Cork and stuff like that. Somewhere. And we're severe financial difficulty because these are businessmen. They they're putting their own money into the club and they're not making nothing you make nothing back in the League of Ireland you know they're not, it's not an investment it's just for your love for the club like that I'm going about this as I'm saying they're a German 50 plus 1 but all these German teams are under well, owned and underwritten with massive companies and massive TV deals massive sponsorship they're with sponsorship. a lot of the stadiums over there too Mark are, 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 are named as well aren't they over in Germany aren't they but they're Bayern Munich what they've done they released a statement about the season tickets they could put them up for 100 odd pounds 300 pounds it would make them 2 million pounds or 5 million pounds or something a year and basically they said what's 5 million pounds we, we, we wouldn't even argue over that in a transfer fee basically that's what they said but that's a lot different when they've got the money that Bayern Munich have got and the backing they've got and everything that behind them. Do you know what I mean? Whereas yeah. in Scotland, £35 million extra in season ticket money is a lot of money. 
it, it could go down that way, Mark, couldn't this? If it was owned by a fan group like that, the likes of season tickets or anything like that, merchandise, jerseys, right? Like, that could be sky high to raise funds for, 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 for a fan-down group then as well, couldn't this? You know? I mean, it's like, who would you get to run it then, Paul? So I'd say. Who, no, I mean, who'd be making the decisions and then is that a case of, I mean, they're, right, suppose you decide, like, yeah, between themselves, Celtic, right? Supposing Celtic fans owned Celtic, right, what you're talking about now, right? So then, look what happened with Jordan McGinn. Is that a good enough reason to get rid of Peter Lowell? Because there'd have been enough fans probably at that time that would have voted for Peter Lowell to get sacked together. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think this is what the, 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 the Celtic Trust are kind of nearly pushing out, aren't they? Kind of a all fan groups owned by owned Celtic, isn't it? Oh, they're trying to get mm-hmm. shares to get somebody on the board. No. So, uh, Glasgow Green says that uh, there's been no link at Celtic since me Len left. <laughs> we left that at that. So we're moving on. And I thought it was uh, a bit funny last night when I saw the Celtic players voting for their for their Player of the Year in in the season that was so terrible. And, and I text Mark. I said, "Are they actually voting for a Player of the Year?" You know, uh, Christoph I got Player of the Year. Uh, by by the Celtic players, uh, do you think they, Malika uh, on a on a form said that they shouldn't have voted for a Player of the Year, that they should have came out and apologised for this season instead and had some respect? What's your thoughts on that, Barry? That that Celtic players vote for a Player of the Year? You know what? It's a standard process. Mm-hmm. It's a standard process that they have to have now. Obviously, like I say, the last nine years has been. You know, riddled with success, one trophy after trophy. Uh, it's I can understand maybe some supporters uh, being a bit, you know, uh, by being a bit of annual end of season. That's mm-hmm. into Barry. Yeah. yeah. I mean, every team has ha- he's picked a player of the year this year. No matter whether they get relegated or anything. It happens every year. Like I say, it just so happens that this year. It's been a disaster a season, you know, and we've not won any trophies. But uh, you know, they're not going to break with tradition uh, and decide not to have a player of the year. And are we too quick to judge, Barry? Do you think a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of Celtic fans? Like, I know we had a bad season, to be considering what what was at stake. Like, but do we for, do do we forget quickly what we achieved? Actually, you know something. It, it, it all it all comes down to the present, doesn't it? So mm-hmm. obviously this year we were going for the ten in a row. So the whole nine previous seasons, title wins and the quadruple treble, you, you don't think about that. You're only living in the present. And this, like I say, this has been a disaster a season. And, and this is how a lot of supporters and you know a lot of people associated with the club are, are obviously hurting this year. And you, you know what? You can understand how maybe a few players, uh, sorry, a few supporters uh, are a wee bit annoyed at, at the fact that there's a player of the year, but. You know, like I say, that that is tradition to do it every year. Uh, I, I wasn't envisaging this year being any different, regardless of what happened. And you know what? Out of everybody, you couldn't argue with the guys who were picked. You know, even though it's been a disaster this season, David Turnbull, he got the Young Player of the Year. Young Player of the and, Year, yeah. Uh, and, and and you know, and deservedly so. And and Ayer, he, he got the Player of the Year, and he probably was one of, the, if not the better player of the season. So, you know, like I say. Um, it's 
when you've not won anything this year, you can understand that some fans think, well, there shouldn't be there shouldn't be uh, any Player of the Year awards given. But I think it's to do with the way it happened this year as well. It wasn't just that we didn't win anything. It was the way that it was Chief, just... I, I, I was going to say that, Barry. Yeah, that, you know, at the start of the season, as Celtic supporters, we were delighted that we kept all these same players. We had a unit together that's been so successful. And it's just the way it collapsed was the thing that hurt the most, wasn't it? You know? Yeah, I mean... We've said that before. It was just, it was the level of performance that we're seeing mm-hmm. week in week out. You know, we said that many times before on the podcast. The Celtic supporters, we can accept the bad spells. We can expect, uh, uh, you know, the, the the odd game here and there. But to, for it to have lasted the whole season, that's the bit that's that's really unforgivable. But you know, like I say, I, I kind of want to forget about what's happened this year. Yeah. Look, so on, look, on, look on, on the bright side, this. on the bright side, there. Uh, goal of the season and I was going to pick this was uh, Zaro's goal against Dundee outside the box uh, that rocket that he, he got against Dundee and I said uh, that was voted goal and and he I was watching his interview yesterday he seems a bit of a character Zaro you know like a, a big jolly jolly person you know and it's just a pity we haven't seen much of him this season Mark isn't it oh it's a pity even for the progression of the team it's I've spoke about it before the favouritism towards Brown in that it's not helped Soros progress either because mm-hmm. I mean he's only a young player as well you've got to mind that and it's just he should have been playing a lot he should have played a lot more minutes for us this season than he has and that's one that's one of the biggest mistakes this season is no playing the likes of Soros and letting him Letting him grow into the role of becoming Scott, maybe not as captain, but on the pitch in that position, getting him used to the role of becoming Scott Brown's successor. Yeah, exactly. The thing that was the thing that was strange about Sorrow was when he broke into the team, he done really well, and for me, he was dropped for no reason. No reason, you know, yeah, exactly. Like, because Brown get fit, whatever it was. That, yeah. that's, see that that's just poor management because like, like you say if players are out of the team for whatever reason it may be and whether that's Scott Brown or anybody you've got no God given right to get back in the team if there's somebody in your position performing well and that's what Sorrow was doing you know that, that goal you talk about Paul that, that was just in December around about Christmas time, mm-hmm. Christmas time and he, yeah. he, was, he was doing really well and you know he played in the game at Ibrox just after he was, he was on a right good run and then all of a sudden He's out the team and he's never really got back in it. And for me, it was unearthed for him to get dropped. I mean, it seems like it's going back to what we were saying, Mark, into favouritums between John Kennedy and Lee Lennon because it's his last season playing Scott Brown and because he's a legend to the club. But Scott Brown still had a, a part to play in this thing of uh, coming on if we're winning games or things just to close up the game. But he shouldn't have been playing as many as games as he had this season. And let Zara on the bench of what we saw of him, you know? We played enough games this season between Europe and the domestic way for both Scott Brown and Sorrow to get plenty of game time. Mm-hmm. No reason for so there was no reason that I can think of for Sorrow not to get any more game time. Because see if what he's doing showed us during games, if he's doing that in training, there's back to what I talked to about young players, see if you're putting in performances in training, you, you get a crack at the first team. You get what I mean? You're there doing that, and then you get your. Uh, Sorrow was in there doing nothing wrong, as Barry says, and then. Nothing wrong, yeah, exactly. So that's back again to your pathway to the, 
to the first team. So yeah. the reason that Sorrow get dropped after Brown came back, apart from it was Scott Brown that came back. So can, and if you're a young player, Mark, you like, how can you encourage players to come to Celtic, etc., blah, 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 when you're saying to a player, oh, you come into the team, you get, you get in the team, take take the chance, that's what I tell young players today, come into the team and take your chance, take it by the scruff of your neck, and then when they do it, they get dropped again. Mm. Just, like, it must be going back to his, in his head, Mark, being a young player, like, like, what did I do wrong to be back in the bench? Do you know what I mean? You know, what did I do that's, wrong? That, that's poor management. That, that's, that's real poor management on Neil Lennon's part for me. Because like I said, that kid did nothing wrong. He came in there and he must have been feeling really good about himself, really good about his game, you know, with the performances he was putting in. And, all and the especially when the fans were happy with him too, Barry, and the, they were the, talking the him fans, up. Yeah, the fans were really impressed and rightly so. So for him to then... You know, bombed out the team. He must be thinking to himself, "What have I done wrong? Yeah. What, what, what have I done to this getting bombed out the team?" So that was poor management on Neil Lennon's part. And like, like you guys said, that was just specifically because it was Scott Brown. But you know, like you said, Mark, Scott Brown could have still played a part this season. Whether mm-hmm. that be that he was coming on to replace Sorrow, or you know, he came in for the odd game. But you know, if, if a player comes into the team and performs at the level that Sorrow did, he, he had no reason to be dropped. Uh, that that wasn't great. Exactly. They, 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 Scott Brown shouldn't have been playing as many as games as he has this season when we had the likes of... Like you, you say, so if we didn't have a natural replacement for Scott Brown, and we actually still don't know if we have a replacement for Scott Brown because we haven't seen enough of Zorro. And that's due to the fault of Neil Lennon uh, having favouritism over Scott Brown, over, over Zorro. You know, so we're moving on, and look, we're going to talk about it. It's the the last game of the season, and 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 for me, it's the it's the it can't come fast enough to to, to finish this season and have some daylight in, into Celtic and get rid of all this darkness that's around us this season. Any uh, thoughts in the game at the, the weekend, lads? You hope to see that Kennedy will actually play more youngsters and, and give more youngsters a, a chance? Or will Scott Brown, as you said, they'll start the game next weekend? It wouldn't surprise me if they started because it's at Hibs. Another wee bit of sentimentality, kind of. Is it racist, Max? Am I right in saying that when Scott Brown left his, his last game for Hibs was against Celtic as well? Uh, I scored. Did you not score against him? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was his last game as well, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. I think he will start. It wouldn't surprise me just the way things have been going, but I'd be starting Sorrow. I'd be starting Young Montgomery. Don't think what we're talking about. If you've not put a foot wrong, you should be starting the next game, in my opinion. No matter who's your keep out the team. Uh, and, well, I'd be even just give them barely a start. I'd like to see Dembele start, yeah. It's another meaningless yeah. game. You know, what about Griffiths? Would yeah. you like to see Griffiths start? I'd rather see Griffiths start than Edward. Mm-hmm. I said weeks ago, Edward shouldn't have been starting games. After, after we went out the Scottish Cup, I wouldn't have played Edward again, really. So I'd mm-hmm. let Griffiths start it, whether he's going to be here or no. If we're going to be starting Scott Brown, out of sentimentality, we might as well start Griffiths as well. It is a strange one, isn't it? Like, we actually don't know what the situation is with Griffiths, like, at the moment. So we don't, like... 
I honestly think that there's been a fallout between himself and Kennedy as well, has there? Between himself, Kennedy and Lenin, that there's been a huge fallout between the, the three of them. You know? Do you think? A uh, fallout, sorry. Uh-huh. Yeah, uh, Mark, sorry. I mean, Mark, I, I, sorry, yeah. Do you think there's been a fallout between Kennedy and, and Griffiths as well? I, I don't know if there's been a fallout. I mean, I think Kennedy this week has said that uh, Griffiths' situation will be decided by the, new, the incoming manager. Uh, for me, I would play Griffiths on Saturday. I, the team that I would start on Saturday compared to the team that I think will start are two very different. Like Mark exactly. said, I'd be played. I'd play Dembele, I'd play Griffiths, I'd play Montgomery. Uh, you know, I'd definitely play Zorro, for sure. Uh, but no, I, I, I definitely think Scott Brown will play. Uh, I think the sentiment will come into that. You know, we're getting going at his last game against his old club. Uh, that'll definitely happen, but it's it's a it's a non-game, you know. I'd imagine they might even rest a few players. They've got the Scottish Cup the following week, don't they? The Scottish Cup mm-hmm. final, so they'll rest at a number of players. I would think I'll have a very end of, end of season feeling to it. But uh, yeah, I mean, for me, I, I'd be throwing in some of the younger guys, giving them an opportunity. But I think I think Kennedy, Kennedy will probably stick with his tried and tested players. I think Edward will play over Griffiths. I think Brown will play over Sorrow and. And the, the team will, you know, Elliot Nussi, the marginal player, I, I think he'll stick with the team that he's he's, he's played for most of the games that, that he's been in charge. And it, on, 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 a, on a good note is that it's going to be the last time we're going to see some of these players in the Celtic jersey and that's when the rebuild will actually start, Mark, won't it? You know? Well, well hopefully it's the last time we'll see a few of them guys like Christie and that that don't take the Lego season, but it's, well, it's not even a clean slate yet, as we've said, but you still expect Brown and that to start, but it just shows you that how, again, how big the rebuild is going to be come the summer. The players we're sitting talking about that's not going to be here, and the players that we're hoping we're going to be here. And if they all leave, it, it leaves a big, big hole full squad. It's potentially, yeah, though, that these players could leave that... that that we we've named out in previous podcasts, Barry. You think there's potential that they could that eleven players or maybe more could actually leave the club. Yeah, I mean I don't think it's potential, but I think there's a right good chance that all these players are there. I mean the players that mentioned that will go, I think there might only be one or two that have a half chance of staying. So, you know, uh, Mark's Mark's absolutely right. You know, it's gonna leave a, a huge, you know, hole in the squad, but at the same time, it's a right good opportunity for you know, if it is Eddie Howe to come in, that's right. That's bring right. In I think all like, the you know, players that, that you know, it's, it's an opportunity for a manager to bring in uh, a whole new team. You know, it's, it's not a manager that's coming in uh, to a team that's already settled, that, that's already got a, a foundation there. This is an opportunity for the manager to come in and actually bring in all exactly. the players, or the players that he wants, the players that fit his system, like I've said before. So uh, it's a real good opportunity for a new manager to come in and and really put a stamp. On uh, his stamp on the squad, because Mark, you could really say that like Brendan Rodgers came in and he 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 always got a bit of stick, but Ronnie Dyler did lay the foundations for Brendan Rodgers to come into that Celtic team. Brendan Rodgers left the foundations for Lenin, but the next manager is going to have no foundations to build on. This is going to be a whole different oh, Celtic team. But back to like Martin, a new kind of rebuild for me. Yeah, Paul, back yeah, a level. Yeah. There's, I mean, just uh, two says there was there's no foundations laid. There's maybe going to be 
eight, nine players left that are up for up for being in the first, like at first team level. And after that, it's it's a clean slate, isn't it? It's whatever the manager and his backroom staff and well, hopefully director of football and the new CEO can deliver for us all. It's a clean slate, and somebody spoke about it earlier. <laughs> a project and things like that. All these, it seems it's a kind of buzzword in football managers come out where they're looking at projects. And, but it's, it's a good thing if a manager's thinking like that as well. Because if Razor, Razor a manager came in and spoke about the project to rebuild in Celtic, then just came in and like gave sound bites for the next, then in a year or 18 months he's looking for his next club. Because if you're doing everything that this manager's looking for, he's going to want to stick around because it is his project. It's what he's planning, what he's into, what he's buying into, what he's working on. And that's the way to move forward. Try and keep him happy. If we kept Brendan Rodgers happy with signing players, I, mean, I don't believe Brendan Rodgers asked for anything that outlandish that Celtic couldn't give him. The likes of John McGinn. Other players that probably slipped through the net. And if if Celtic had gave Brendan Rodgers what he was wanting, we'd been a lot healthier place on the pitch and off the pitch. You know, and I did believe that Rodgers would have stayed and helped deliver the ten. Mhm. Would you agree with that, Barry? Yeah. Oh, definitely. And I think you know, with regards to the project, this could potentially be what's attractive to an Eddie Howe. Eddie Howe might not, might have not wanted the Celtic job if he was coming into you know a, a settled squad or a, a squad yeah. that you know. You know that that had the foundations there. He, he might have not fancied that, but uh, you know, for any manager to, to come into a, a massive club like Glasgow Celtic and to be able to put their own stamp on it, like I say, to bring in the players that he wants to bring in to play the system that he wants to play and the style that he wants to play, it's a huge, you know, it's a huge pull for a manager. So I, I think you know the, the the job in hand might very well be attractive to him and the reason that he might want to come to the club. I think so. I, I I would agree with that. I think it's it's an exciting project for any manager to come into to Celtic because you're, you're doing a whole new rebuild at Celtic, something that hasn't been done since the Martin O'Neill era. And it is it's a, it's a big opportunity for Eddie Howe as well to to show actually the type of manager he is that he's able to start from scratch. And you know, all I can say is that it's it's going to be exciting times. Like there's going to be a buzz again around Celtic of players who we're, we're potentially going to sign and who we are going to sign, you know, so I'm excited lads, after next next Saturday. You're yeah. going to have plenty of content, Paul, for the future podcast because there'll be players coming in every second day, I would think, and players going out, so there's going to be plenty to speak about in the coming months, that's for sure. So lads, that's it from tonight. Uh, again, my thanks to, to Barry for, for always coming on the show and we ask him and he's always giving us great topics to talk about with us and again my thanks to Mark uh, Mark, yourself, close show Just thanks again to you Paul for everything you do for the podcast and everything else and thanks very much Barry again for coming on, you're always brilliant mate, you're welcome on here anytime and Cheers guys, appreciate that Thanks for everybody that joined us a live chat and if you haven't subscribed please do so, right, good night lads, God bless, God bless Bye bye 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This episode of the Boz and Bovril podcast was originally broadcast on the Celtic Rumours TV YouTube channel.